welcome, 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 welcome to Supper Church Podcast. I am Justin, the executive pastor and 32nd host for today. Today, we're on episode number four. Yes, episode number four already. We are continuing our series on the Beatitudes. And today's message is, does poor equal thankfulness? So, without further ado, here's Eddie Park. Park. What's up, everybody? My name is Eddie, and I'm the founding and teaching pastor at Supper Church, formerly known as Hug Church. And happy Thanksgiving. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving this past Thursday. I think I gained like five pounds in the past two days from eating so much. But if you're hungry for some more, our church is doing a Supsgiving tonight at John and Ari Lugo's brand new home and it's sponsored by gary watt and information will be here or here or link or dm i don't know but it'll be right there uh i hope to see you all there all right well i don't know about you guys but our family still does the cliche tradition of going around the table and sharing what we're thankful for and of course a lot of us said things like we're thankful for family we're thankful for our health. We're thankful for new babies that have been born. And I started to think about, wow, we have so much to be thankful for. But for whatever reason, my mind just quickly went to, man, my kids are so spoiled. <laughs> and it's true. My kids are so spoiled. I mean, I don't, they don't have their own ponies or private jets or like every toy in the world, but we do take them to like, Disneyland, and they usually get whatever they want within reason. And I think about gratitude. Are they able to be thankful when they already have everything they want and they need? Because don't you think in order to be grateful, you have to know what it's like to not have anything? How can you be grateful when you've never experienced having nothing before or being in lack? And I, and I want to make sure that I teach my children to always be in gratitude. Because if there's any key to happiness, if there's anything we're confident in, is that gratitude is the powerful secret to life. In fact, there's been many neurological studies done that proves that gratitude improves overall quality of life. It's actually scientifically proven that people who practice gratitude have better relationships, are able to create new and impactful relationships. It pr it's proven that gratitude also improves your physical health, helps you live longer, reduces inflammation, lowers your cortisol. It's proven that those who actively practice gratitude have improved mental health, meaning those who have or are always in gratitude have lower probability of mental disorders like anxiety and depression. And overall, this sounds like gratitude is the secret to an overall happy life. And in fact, this happiness or happy life is a major teaching of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. If you guys are new... We just started a brand new series on the Sermon on the Mount because it is my belief that in this post-pandemic world, what this post-pandemic world really needs are Christians who really go back to the basics of our faith. There's been so much ugliness from the people of our faith who are fighting to defend their faith, 
fighting to defend their rights, defending their religious freedom, defending their theological positions, defending their political positions. But in the past few years, these arguments, the discourse, and the behaviors of the church has been a really terrible witness to who Jesus is. There's been a lot of display of ugliness, a lot of anger, violence, even stupidity. And I think the church, I think that the church needs to be a better witness to the gospel. And I believe there is a deep need to return back to the Sermon on the Mount because the Sermon on the Mount is one of the most central teachings of Jesus. And we really need to center our faith back to the words of Jesus and focus on living it out. And so last week, we went over the Beatitudes, which is the intro to the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus lists a bunch of blessed are those. And we we focused last week on blessed are the meek. And I shared what this world needs right now are Christians who are not defensive, who don't gaslight you, who don't double down on their positions, who are not aggressive in retaliation. But we need to display the attitude of meekness. And what I shared is that meekness is not weakness, but it's power under control. Christians aren't weaklings. They're not pushovers, but we are people who are in control of our power. We are in control of our strength, and we choose not to retaliate or take revenge, and we let our love and our kindness speak for ourselves. But going back to this idea of happiness, what you might not know is that whenever Jesus says blessed, he's actually using the word makarios, which in Greek actually means happy or happiness. So when Jesus says blessed are those who are meek or who, are, who, or who hunger and thirst for righteousness, he's actually saying happy are these people. These people experience happiness, which is a huge part of the kingdom of God. The vision that Jesus was sharing was that kingdom, that the kingdom of God is not a nation, is not a land, but it is a people. It's a people who display what true, profound happiness looks like, what a happy life looks like. It's a people who display true contentment in God. It's a people who display shalom and the peace of God. And for today, I want to teach on the very first blessings of the Beatitudes that comes from Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, and you might know it. It is, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, before I continue, I want to tackle the question of how. How can we always be grateful even when we have everything we need? How can we always be in gratitude? And I want to talk about this today because there is a misconception in Christian culture that the way to be happy or the way to always be in gratitude is to be poor. There is this virtue that has been passed down. Being Christian and being poor go hand in hand. That in order to be a good Christian, you should be poor or live in poverty. Now, that sounds silly, right? But for many of you that grew up in the church, 
there's something deep inside of you that's probably saying, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of true. <laughs> it's not explicit, but it's cultural. And what's interesting is that when you read Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount, he says it differently than Matthew does. In Luke, it says this in chapter 6, verse 20. He actually says, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Literally, it says, Blessed are you who are poor. And you might be asking, Eddie, why does Luke say, Blessed are the poor, and why does Matthew say, Blessed are the poor in spirit? Well, there's a few different possibilities uh, to why Luke's version of Jesus' teaching is different than Matthew's. First, Luke or Matthew just got it wrong. It's possible that either Matthew or Luke remember Jesus' teaching differently and wrote, wrote down their version of it. But even though that's what it seems like, uh, that's unlikely. And the, and the reason is I'll explain later. Second is Luke or Matthew changed it. It's possible that Jesus really said, blessed are the poor, but Matthew interpreted it, interpreted it and wrote it down. Well, Jesus really meant blessed are the poor in spirit. Or Jesus said it the way that Matthew had it, and Luke is the one that changed it to blessed are the poor. It's possible, it's very possible that Luke intentionally changed to just blessed are the poor instead of blessed are the poor in spirit because his gospel has an emphasis to speak to the poor and women and non-Jews. He has an emphasis. He's speaking to them. Possible, but unlikely. The third option or possibility is that Luke and Matthew are referencing different sermons. Now, this is most likely because at, at one point, Jesus said, blessed are the poor. And in another time, he could have said, Jesus, uh, Jesus gave a teaching saying, blessed are the poor in spirit at two different times. This is possible because Jesus didn't have a YouTube channel like us or a podcast where he only had to preach a sermon once and everyone can access that sermon. No, he had to speak dozens, if not hundreds of times in different cities to multiple groups. But what I do know confidently is that Jesus at one point did say, blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, can I just nerd out with you for like 15 seconds? Can you, can you give me that? Even, even though the manuscripts found says, blessed are the poor, the earliest copy of the Gospels found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Qumran community, shows the phrase poor in spirit in the Gospel of Matthew, which means that most likely, if there was a change, the original said poor in spirit, not just blessed are the poor. And why I bring this up is because there is a misconception in our Christian culture that poverty somehow equates to holiness. That the only way to experience true happiness or to be in a true state of gratitude is if you live in poverty. I know plenty of rich people that struggle with being happy and grateful, but I also know a lot of poor people who struggle with being grateful as well. But my point is this, forcing yourself to be poor or to live in poverty doesn't magically make you happy or grateful. 
But the secret in, is being poor in spirit. And I believe this was the actual teaching of Jesus because Jesus was emphasizing that blessedness, happiness, fortune is not a result of physical wealth or poverty, but it is a matter of spiritual. See, poor in spirit is a very unnatural phrase. It's an un uncommon idiom to the modern reader, but poor in spirit doesn't mean lacking in spirit or lacking in spiritual things, but poor in spirit was a phrase in the ancient world that meant spiritual awareness. Awareness. It's an awareness of our spiritual condition, an awareness that we as human beings are so spiritually empty that our nature is so corrupt and depraved that it takes an innocent man to die a criminal's death in order for us to be in decent standing. And you would think that the secret to happiness or gratitude is an awareness of our spiritual wealth, that we are pure and cleansed and perfect and children of God, that we are good, righteous people, but it's actually the opposite. It's when you see your own spiritual state so desperate that we actually deserve to live and to be treated like a criminal, then everything you have and have been giving, it puts things in a different perspective. See, it's constantly having this spiritual awareness where we experience true gratitude. See, Jesus actually paints a picture of this in his parable in Luke chapter 18, where he tells the parable of a Pharisee and a tax collector. One man exemplifies poor in spirit, and the other man does not. And so he says this in verse 9, to some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I have. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And then Jesus says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And notice that it doesn't matter if you are rich or you're poor, because the tax collector was definitely rich. It doesn't matter if you live in wealth or poverty, but it is an, but it is an absence of spiritual awareness that causes a person to live entitled, ungrateful, who live with enormous expectation. But it is this profound awareness of who we are in front of God, that we understand how lucky we are, how blessed we are, how grateful we are. So how can we always be in gratitude? Well, gratitude depends on our attitude and our spiritual 
awareness. Let me say that again. Gratitude depends on our attitude and our spiritual awareness. Gratitude doesn't depend on how rich we are or how poor we are, how much stuff we have or how much stuff we don't have. It is less about our possessions than it is about our attitude and our awareness of our spiritual condition. Have you ever been around someone who lacks awareness, who has a lack of awareness? Do you have a friend or a coworker who is severely, uh, who severely lacks self-awareness? Do you know someone who's completely delusional about their reputation? You know, when I counsel people who struggle with anxiety or depression, nine out of ten times it has to do with a lack of awareness a lack of awareness of their reality, a lack of awareness about themselves. You know, many people who experience minor depression because their realities do not match with their crazy expectations. And part of that is their expectations are due to a lack of awareness or delusion. For instance, I know people who uh, did not study in high school very much. They didn't try on their SATs. They didn't even go to college. They just played video games all day and stayed at home. Now, there are a lot, I, know a lot of, I know plenty of people uh, who didn't go to college or who didn't go to a grade school but crush it right now because they worked hard and they hustled and they networked. They shot their, they shot their shots you know, 100 times a day, and I'm, not, I'm definitely not talking about them, but I'm talking about the people who did not sacrifice the blood, sweat, and tears like many of us did but expect to be paid higher than minimum wage or expect to be making the same amount as their peers and colleagues who who studied hard, went to good schools, went to grad school, became lawyers, nurses, and doctors. And you think I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. There is a sense, there is a lack of awareness. There is a sense of delusion. And in this example, it sounds really silly, right? But many of us don't experience true, profound gratitude, the attitude of the kingdom of God, because we walk walk around the same way. We walk around thinking that we're like Mother Teresa or we're like Pope Francis to our neighbors when we haven't done even a fraction of what they've accomplished and done. Some people, and by some people, unfortunately, I mean a lot of pastors, walk around like they're literally Jesus. But the reality is that we are not. It's having the awareness that we are the tax collector. That every day, we should enter the temple praying, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. You know, can I be vulnerable with you for a moment? You know, one of the hardest parts about being a lead pastor was that for whatever reason, people will say something negative about you. And almost 90% of what is said, it is, of it is like it's unfair, it's untrue, it's uncalled for, it's unjustified. But that's just, it's just part of the challenge. It just comes with the territory of being a leader. And fortunately for me, I've had very little of that here. But hey, it does happen. And, and you would think that when you hear something that's completely false or so demonizing or villainizing, like things like, you know, 
things like, oh my gosh, like how can you even think of that? How can you even say that about me? I'm able to be in gratitude. What? How? That doesn't make sense. Eddie, how can you be grateful? How can you be in gratitude when people are unjustly criticizing you or talking about you poorly or, or villainizing you? Well, before, things like that would ruin me. It would ruin my day. It would ruin my week. It would ruin my month. It would cause all this anxiety in me. It would make me angry. It would make me defensive. It would make me emotional. make me react irrationally. But now, I stay in gratitude and peace. And it is because of the words of Jesus. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Because I'm fully aware of my spiritual state. I'm aware of how depraved I really am. I say this often. You, got, you guys call me master chef, chief hugger, but I say I'm only a master and chief sinner. I'm the chief sinner of our church. Whenever I hear things like, hear anything terrible about me, heck, even if my wife says anything terrible to me, I'm fully aware. I'm fully aware. And I say, you know what? I am way worse than what you are saying about me anyway. I don't walk around thinking I need any less forgiveness than any of you. I don't believe I need less forgiveness from God than anybody else. If anything, I know who I am. I know my sin. I don't know your sin as deep as I know my own sin. So I walk around feeling I need forgiveness the most. I need forgiveness more than anyone. And that's why I love practices like communion. I love that we do it as often as we can. Two Sundays ago, we got to take part in communion together for the first time in a long time. And honestly, that was my favorite part of the night. I miss being able to do that every week. Because whenever we do it, I am reminded of my own personal spiritual poverty. I'm reminded that I need to be poor in spirit. I'm fully aware that I need the forgiveness of Jesus every chance that I get. So for you, if it was hard for you to be grateful this Thanksgiving, if it was difficult to think of one thing to be grateful for this year, if it's hard to always have this attitude or this state of gratitude, one of the most beautiful expressions of God's people This attitude of kingdom people is our gratitude. Our gratitude depends on our attitude and our spiritual awareness. And my prayer for us is that we are people in the world that do not walk around defensive to the world. That we don't attack people or gaslight them. That we don't overpower them or retaliate. But we choose meekness. We choose to be in control of our emotions and our strength and our power. That we are people who do not walk around in delusion, thinking that we are God's righteous army here to save the world, that that we can walk on water and that we can turn water into wine and that we're right all the time. And we're glad that we're not like those bad people, but we are spiritually aware of our condition that we are aware that every day, every single day, I am in need of a Savior. That this is not just one time and I'm clean and now I'm holy, but God's people 
walk in humility and in love and in meekness every single day. And we walk with the spiritual awareness that we need God just as much as the people that don't know God. And this is my prayer for all of us. So let's pray together. God, I thank you for this Thanksgiving week, this Thanksgiving Sunday. And God, my prayer for us and my prayer for our community is that we are people who are blessed people, that we are people who are happy people, that we show and display to the world the happy life, the happiness of God, the profound happiness of God. And that is rooted in gratitude, being in a state of gratitude. And God, we can look at all the things that are going wrong. We can look at our relationships. We can look at our, all the opportunities. We can, we can look at all the bad luck that we're having. But God, I pray that the single and most important thing is our spiritual state, that we are depraved, that we are sinful, that we deserved a criminal's death. But God, here we are in right standing with you because of Jesus. Here we are being sanctified and purified every single day because we have a relationship with Jesus. God, I pray that most of us, even if it's hard, even though we think that we are such great people, and we are, but God, I pray that we would have the humility to know that we, have, we are treated way better than we possibly deserve, that you have blessed us, that we are blessed people, and we are grateful that we know you because of our deep spiritual need for you. So God, I, I pray that we are able, not just, we're, not able, we're not just grateful this week uh, on Thanksgiving week, but God, that we can continue to be people who daily practice gratitude in our lives. And we show that to the rest of the world. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.